and welcome back into a special edition of Straight Up Sports. I already did the preview show. Make sure you guys check that one out. But also, um, you guys enjoyed it last week, so I thought I'd bring it back this week. Anthony Crane joined the podcast here um, as we're going to give our our Blazing Five this week, top five games of the week, and discuss a little bit about the state championship game um, location being announced. And before we start, Anthony, how are you doing? Doing well. Thanks for having me on again. It's always great to have you on here. Always great to talk eight-man football with you. And we'll just get started here. Uh, the game of the week, uh, number four, number two, Stanbury at North Andrew. I think it's going to be a really good football game. Um, we've both seen a little bit of Stanbury on film. I've seen North Andrew in person a couple of times. Um, they had a big win last week versus North Shelby. Uh, they kind of made their statement there. and They jumped to number two in the rankings. What are your thoughts on the Stanbury-North Andrew game? Uh, I think it'll be a quick game, uh, the way those two offenses uh, have worked. Um, I, I still think that uh, from what we've seen from North Andrew this year, uh, Sandbury's going to have their hands full. I, I like uh, some of the pieces that Sandbury has. I just don't know if they're at North Andrew's level right now. And the way the Cardinals are playing, I don't know if anyone in the state right now uh, is at their level. And that's how impressed with them I've been. Yeah, North Andrew's been very impressive. Um, personally, they've been our game of the week already twice or third time as they played Pattonsburg earlier in the year, and that was our game of the week. Then last week versus North Shelby, and I may or may not have picked against the Cardinals both times. And then, of course, kind of like the Livingston thing earlier this year, I picked against them twice, and I was wrong both times. Third time to charm here. I'm going with Stanbury in a close game over North Andrew. Um, and you, I think you're taking North Andrew. Uh, what do you think? Uh, spread-wise, this will be at the end. Uh, I, I think I like uh, North Andrew to win uh, maybe by two scores. Um, I do think that Sanbury may have the uh, pieces to keep it close for a while, uh, but I think you'll see more of what we saw from them last week against North Shelby. Um, and they kind of pull away there at the end. I know North Shelby was uh, disappointed with that, and there were some things that happened that maybe would have made that game closer. Mm-hmm. And I could kind of see that same kind of scenario this week. Yeah, absolutely. And Stanbury, they got to deal with uh, Carson Thomas and Hayden Ecker. Uh, I got all the stats kind of ready to go for Friday morning. And right now what I have in there is Ecker is sixth in the state in rushing, and Thomas is eighth. And I believe Andrew Goff is also decently high. He's 30th in the state, so not bad for your third back to be top 30 there. Ecker also has 14 touchdowns, which is tied with uh, Muff and Alarcon for top three in the state, only behind the two kids down south, which we'll get to in just a minute. And then Carson Thomas, he also has 10 touchdowns rushing this year, which is top 10 in the state. So those two guys know how to get a bunch of yards, know how to get the ball into the end zone, most importantly, um, as they're both um, 15 total touchdowns this year combined between the two of them, uh, which is top 15 in the state. And they're both just really good football players there for them. And a lot of credit to the row line, of course, because they play really well going forward. But I got Stanbury. You have North Andrew. I think it's going to be a great football game. I can't wait to watch that over in Rosendale. And then up next, your favorite game of the weekend, number 10 East Atchison at number 1 Mound City. It's Josh Smith, Kalen Merriweather, and Ian Hedlund and company playing Matthew, playing sorry, Landon Papa, Tony Osborne, Will Young and company. Uh, should be a good game there between two of the better teams, the 275. EA's kind of flying under the radar a little bit here. Uh, how do you think this game kind of goes down? Uh, I really, you know, last week I think we saw 
uh, kind of what I thought EA was going to be this offseason, um, which is, uh, you know, very strong defensively. And, uh, and I think we saw that against a pretty good Rockport team. Okay. Uh, with a couple of great running backs, you know, holding Joey Heron to nine yards is really impressive. And I think maybe they're starting to figure things out offensively with Josh Smith and Kalen Merriweather. And so I expect this to be a really good game. Uh, you know, most, most of these matchups with these two schools are pretty good. And I'm kind of expecting the same thing. Uh, I kind of like East Atchison in this game. But I wouldn't be surprised either if Mountain City pulled this one out. Uh, Landon Papa, watching his film, he is he is fantastic. I uh, had some concerns coming into the year about uh, how he would be at running back position, but he has been just as great. And defensively, they don't they don't make much better players than Landon Papa. Yeah, he is uh, one stat here. He's played in four games. He missed the first one due to the coronavirus and the quarantine. Uh, but since then, four games, four interceptions, three of them returned for touchdowns. Um, he's also top five in the state in tackles. I think right now he's in line for – he'd be my vote for defensive player of the year in eight-man right now. He's just so good on that side of the ball. Um, but he's talking about defense with East Atchison uh, versus Rockport, 10 yards passing, 15 yards rushing, 25 total yards, and 36 plays ran for Rockport. Um, kudos to Coach Dawson over there, the defensive coordinator. Uh, guys, guys ready to play for Rockport after having a couple weeks off. And .69 yards of play, that'll that'll do. Uh, there'll be a tougher matchup this week versus Mountain City in that system, so um, should be a little should be fun there to see how those two teams match up. Um, and as you said earlier this week on the KQ Two Sports Podcast, make sure you guys check that one out with Chris Roush. Um, these teams don't like each other, so it should be a whole lot of fun. Um, I'm taking Mountain yeah. City by yeah. two, maybe three scores in this one, but I think EA keeps it close for a long time. Um, that's a game that. EA definitely has a chance, and it's not like uh, Mount City is just the clear-cut 20-30 point favorite here. Yeah, and I think, yeah, and I think it all depends on which EA team we see, whether it's you know that Week One team in Southwest or the team we've seen in their last two games. We'll decide on how close this game's going to be. Absolutely, uh, the third game here, which. Had an argument to be the best game of the weekend before we've heard some news coming out down south. A number six Drexel at number seven Archie. Archie um, is going to be with either starting quarterback and starting running back in Tucker Wolf and Dylan Sutton uh, due to COVID. I think it's contact tracing is what the official kind of thing is coming out down south. And those two guys are, I think they combined for over 40 touchdowns this year. Sutton's got 21 and Wolf has 20. Uh, they're both top eight in total yards there. Wolf's fourth and Sutton's eighth. They're two guys who are very explosive for them, very great playmakers, and going against the arguably the best defense in the state in Drexel without two of your top playmakers, that's just going to be rough there and just a tough matchup there for Archie um, this coming Friday. Yeah, and this one's tough for me because uh, we both really like Coach Dean. I really like Archie and what they bring uh, their skill positions, but I think without your quarterback and running back, uh, this one may not be much of a matchup. And that's you know it's disappointing, but that's you know that's kind of the world we're living in these days. Which it's kind of week to week with all of these teams. We saw that last week with Worth County mm-hmm. that uh, you know it could be the day before and your game plan has to change. So it would be interesting to see 
I'll be interested to see the depth of Archie with this, though, mm-hmm. yep. um, and how much they rely on that quarterback running back. Because if this thing stays close, that could tell us a lot about Archie in a game that I think everyone believes will also be the district championship game. Yeah, absolutely. And I know Archie's probably disappointed they're not having their two top guys going against Drexel to probably play for the conference title. Uh, but they'll get to play them again there most likely um, come district championship time, which should be a fantastic football game there in the rematch. Uh, hopefully, at that point, both teams are at full strength. That's what we're all kind of hoping for, to see the best of the best kind of play each other in that one. So I think we're both taking Drexel in this one. Um, then up next, the game that you were going to go to, but things kind of changed a little bit, uh, Worth County at Oric. Um, and there's been a lot of buzz around this game that we've kind of heard uh, this week. Um, it should be a lot of fun. Um, Andrew Alarcon, Braxton Heitschew, and company there for Worth County. I looked up Alarcon. Um, and the four games that were like the competitive games, I'm not counting the Schuyler County game where he only played limited time because they were winning big. Um, he's averaging 245 yards a game in the other four games he's played. Uh, so he's just been an absolute workhorse there for Worth County. So that defense for Oric, uh, headed by Jackson Miller, who does lead the state in tackles, I believe with 82 tackles through five weeks, which is mind-blowing that many, especially for a freshman um, here earlier this year. So it's going to be 15, trying to track down 15 there on Friday night in Oric. It should be a lot of fun. Um, I think Oric wants to make a statement here and kind of prove they belong with some of the um, powerhouses in eight-man. They almost uh, beat Worth County last year without Blake Buchanan. We're going to mention that here, that they – Almost beat him without Blake Buchanan last year um, on the road. This year they got Buchanan back, new head coach. Um, lo- an early season loss to Luton that was kind of puzzling. Uh, but Oric's starting to pick things up now, and they were looking to get a signature win here against Worth County. Yeah, um, this one's interesting. I was at that game last year, and I was really impressed with the way that excuse me, Oric played defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, against a pretty talented Worth County offense. Um, if they can do that again this year, then this is Orc's game to lose. And for Worth County, uh, you know, I know that you want to win every game, but for them it's just getting through this week. It's buying time until Aiden Gladstone gets back mm-hmm. to really uh, help that offense. Um, I've, got, I've kind of gone back and forth with this pick. It uh, depends on which podcast I'm on. Um, you know, the more I think about it, the more I think that Oric has, you know, this is their game. Uh, they, they seem to have the chip on their shoulder. They, uh, aren't happy about losing to them last year, uh, especially being without Blake Buchanan, who we both think is just, you know, a fantastic player in this state. And I think that'll be enough to kind of push them over the edge. I still think it's a close game because uh, Coach Healy just knows how to get his guys ready. And it is, it's basically impossible to stop Andrew Alarcon, who will help keep that offense going in this one. Yeah, and Alarcon's played some good defenses. I mean, he's had to go against Drew Quinlan, Parker Muff, among others there across the state. So it's not like he's played, um, hasn't seen good linebacker play here um, early on this season. He still just takes one or two big runs out of him, and all of a sudden he's up over 150 yards just like that, and he's just going to grind for the other 100 the rest of the game. And as you said there with Blake Buchanan, he's third in the state in total offense, just behind Zane Reed for Pattonsburg and Wes Hughes for Livingston. He's also third in touchdowns behind those two guys with 26. Uh, the only three players in the state who are over 1,500 yards and over 25 touchdowns uh, accounted for in the season. So he's in rarefied air there at the top of the state when it comes to just putting up yards and points. He's right up there with everybody else. Um, 
And Oreg is kind of like East Addison where they had that week one loss and everyone just kind of put them to the side after that. Um, so if they get a win here versus yeah. North County, they have a big game versus North Shelby coming up in a couple of weeks that could really cause some trouble here for some teams. If Oreg is better than we kind of thought going into this year, they can maybe make some noise. Uh, they are in a tough district with North Andrew, Pattonsburg, and South Holt, Holt, also King City. So it won't get easier for them going in uh, out the rest of the year, but they could definitely be raise their status with a win this week. Yeah, and I think uh, last thought on that is I think uh, Oric really has something to prove in this one. Like you said, that, that week one loss is not a pretty – that's not a good one. Uh, you know, the Norbert Harden Central, as much as we love Coach Thacker, that's probably a game that shouldn't have been that close either. And uh, so for them, they really have to prove themselves uh, heading into districts because if they – don't if they don't continue to improve, uh, they won't last long in that district. Yeah, absolutely. And just one other thing for me on that one, I, th- I do believe that Ethan Wilson was out those first two weeks. So that could have caused some of their offensive struggles without their best receiver out there. It really makes a difference. And also, the Jackson Miller kid was a freshman. He started to learn the ropes a little bit. He's starting to figure things out last couple of weeks. So there may be a team that was just going to get better as the year went on as, as it was. Um, and you don't want to use – COVID as a crush for some teams, like, well, you wouldn't be this we're missing two O linemen. But also, COVID is different than just regular injuries and stuff because just kind of a thing that just kind of pops up. Like, oh, I tested positive for COVID. I'm out for two weeks instead of, like, well, I rolled my ankle in a game. It's just there are two different type of injuries, in my opinion, with that just because you can't really – COVID just weird. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to do with the COVID stuff right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, the last and thing, I would expect a better game from Worth County – uh, you know, because like I said last week, that the whole COVID thing popped up on Thursday night. Mm-hmm. Um, so they'll have had that week with this team they expect to play. So I would expect them to be even better this week too. Absolutely. And the last game we'll talk about here is King City at Rockport. Rockport, a big loss last week to East Adjacent. King City, a big win over that Worth County team we were just talking about. Uh, I know Muff got banged up a bit in their game, but I've heard I expect him to be back this week. And if he's back, uh, Muff versus Heron, another great running back. Uh, matchup in this one. Um, it should be a great game between King City and Rockport. Yeah, and as great as Parker Muff is, I what really stood out to me last week at that game was Landon Wells. You love using Landon Wells. Taylor, Taylor's a fantastic receiver for him to throw to. And uh, the only concern I have with King City, and it's, it's tough to say this with a guy as talented as Parker Muff, this guy's got to hold on to football. <laughs> I don't. I think that he's had like six fumbles the last two weeks, mm. and uh, I, I, I expect King City to win this game pretty easily. But I would also. I also want to see what Rockport has um, because coming into the year, uh, we thought you know you have Joey Heron, but then they got some other guys that have stepped up, that stepped up early on. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're facing uh, some adversity. We'll see what Rockport is made of because. Um, if they play at their best, this should be a really good game. Um, if they play like they did last week, uh, it, it won't be. Yeah, Rockport, uh, this might be their easiest of the remaining four games with King City because they still have Livingston, South Holt, Nolly Holt, and Mountain City to end the year. So uh, a tough end of the year after playing EA last week, and then you have four straight tough games, including three versus ranked teams. Uh, one of the tougher schedules in the state here to close the year out for Rockport. Um, I think King City wins this as well. I think they win this going away. Um, I just think Parker Muff is going to be too much for that Rockport uh, team to handle. Also, as you said there, with Landon Wells, 
they're just a different animal on offense because you can't just put eight guys in the box. Um, yeah. Just to focus on Muff, you got to put only six and a half guys in the box because you have um, the Wells to Taylor effect on the outside, and it really opens up the offense. And instead of him gaining four yards, he gains six to eight, one break tackle away, and he's gone for a touchdown. So it's kind of the way it uh, works there. Um, so that's our Blazing Five. Uh, I have Stanberry, Mound City, Drexel, Oric, King City, and then I believe you have North Andrew. You take Mound City still? North Andrew. You take North Andrew and Mound City? Uh, I, I know this is going to sound. I think I'm going to go with uh, East Atchison in this one. I just think that while East Atchison may not be as talented as Mound City, I think it's more even than it's been in years past, and I think East Atchison may want this one a little more. And EA did beat him last year in the regular season, trying to get revenge from that playoff loss to him last year where they had uh, four first-half um, interceptions by uh, Jake McEnany, who was a very sure-handed quarterback last year for him. So uh, they're looking to get some revenge of being knocked out in the playoffs last year. And I believe we agreed in the last three games with Drexel, Oric, and King City. So that's our Blazing Five uh, for this week in eight-man football. And lastly here, um, as I'm watching Saturday Night Football and Broncos just scored to get a lead over the Jets, um, it's a terrible football game. So glad we get eight-man football tomorrow. Um, is where the state championship game is going to be at. It's Chillicothe is going to be able to host it this year. Um, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that the state championship game for eight-man was going to be in Chillicothe? Well, I knew that Columbia was basically out of the question. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought, I was hoping that the state would provide them with a better – uh, facility, maybe a smaller college, William Jewell, Central Missouri. Um, but to go, you know, like Coach Orr McGruder said on Twitter this week, um, you go from that experience of playing in a big SEC school, uh, staying in the hotels, that whole experience uh, down to Chillicothe, uh, it's kind of a disappointment to me. I know some coaches, uh, they tried to find the silver lining in it, mm-hmm. but uh, it still has to be a major disappointment for the Whatever two teams end up at this in the state title game. Yeah, I think the only t- the two teams that helped out the most was probably Livingston. There, since it's pretty much in their backyard, um, and then also the team in their same district in North Shelby. As Coach Bass said, that would be their shortest uh, eight man trip they've ever had <laughs> to Chillicothe. Um, so, <laughs> just North Shelby and their travel schedule is just crazy. Um, yeah, but going into this, I was really hoping for us a D two school would take it um, or would be rewarded it. As, as, as much as I am a Northwest Missouri State guy, that was probably my bottom of the four that I kind of had in mind just because it's just so regionalized to only a few teams up the Northwest. It would have been a real disadvantage for some of the other teams. I thought Missouri Western was a good site. They have good facilities there, and it's a little farther south. Um, and then William Jewell and Central Missouri, I thought, were also two pretty decent options for them as well, and they decided to go the Chillicothe route. All the other um, 11-man games are in the Jefferson City area kind of deal. So, again, eight-man has been kind of split off from everybody else. Um, I know there's some coaches who don't like that because they fought for many years to get it centralized. And then, and I know COVID just kind of puts a wrench in everything, but it's decentralized this year. And my favorite thing is going to a state championship game for eight-man in the second half and all the class six people start rolling in the last couple of years, and they look at this and they're like, what is – <laughs> they all look like they've never seen an eight-man game because they're used to seeing Blue Springs and Rockers play, and there's a pretty much yeah. a college roster on each sideline. They're like, they have 16 kids out. Where is Ludlow? 
<laughs> and it's always it's always fun for me to, for them to see Eight Man for the first time, kind of deal. Um, and they enjoy it because it's always a high scoring and a fun, entertaining game. Yeah, and selfishly, it's it's good for us too. You know, to you go up in the press box, you do your story, and you get to watch these six A schools, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, you're just littered with kids going to like Division One schools, and it's it's a good time for us too. So that'll be uh, be disappointing uh, all the way around this year. Yeah, the one good thing is, um, I don't know if it's a good thing, but for everyone else in the general state, there was supposed to be one playoff, one playing game this year because we had an odd number of teams at 33 for a bracket, but Bramer and Keatsville have both withdrawn from the playoff action. Um, so we're down to 31 teams. Started the year with 34, down to 31 now. Um, going into week six, they're going to play playoff football. So District 2 is down to seven teams. They were at nine. Um, so no playing game that first week. So everyone besides one team will play that first week. Uh, just the top seed, District 2, will get a bye. I think that's the best because you might need that extra week of wiggle room depending on what happens with COVID in the playoffs and stuff. And we'll see how they, how Michigan works the playoff thing. And if you have teams canceling playoff games and just forfeiting and just being done with their season, or if they can work around, I'm very curious to see how the playoffs kind of work out for Misha. Yeah. And while, while I say, you know, it's disappointing, uh, maybe that's not the right word because, you know, we're almost six weeks into the season and we still have a season. So that has to be, uh, you know, pointed out that while maybe we don't get to go to Columbia this year, um, at least we still get to see football. Yeah, and the kids still get to have, a lot of these kids, they get to have their senior season. They get to have a chance to play possibly for a state championship, play for a conference title, play for a district championship. Just things that we take for granted on a normal year, they get to experience that this year. And that's not my biggest thing to have these kids. You only get to play high school football for four years. Um, unless you're Drew Quinlan, who's been there for like seven. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I laugh at one coach. Is like, is Quinlan now a senior finally? I feel like he's been there forever. And I'm like, yeah, he's a senior now. Okay. Um, so it's always kind of fun to see those kids who play for four years. And they have the Perry Ellis effect there. Um, they feel like they've been there forever. Um, but this kid, uh, this- <laughs> uh, thank you for that. I was, I was thinking I could see him. But I couldn't remember his name because I think he was at KU for about 12 years. Oh, I've made jokes that um, when KU football finally beat Texas, I'm like, well, Perry Ellis was a, a freshman, remember, that being the last time back in 1930. <laughs> so, and I had a couple friends who were big Kansas fans. I made constant Perry Ellis jokes. I'll never forget his name um, because he is the longest tenured player at Kansas in their history. Um, so always a fun time there uh, with those teams. But I really appreciate all the coaches have been great to both of us, um, talking to us during the week. Um, if you guys ever yeah. had a chance to get on Twitter and just see the the gifts between Anthony and Coach Dean and Coach Magruder and all those guys, <laughs> um, Coach Thacker chipping in, Coach Bass, um, just some of the great guys in the state who love just to have a fun time and interact with everybody. It's always just fun there on Twitter to see how that all kind of goes down. Um, eventually, we'll get to a, a Battle Royale yeah. uh, segment here and see who we would take um, in a Battle Royale. We'll take them the scrappy – Coach Dean or somebody <laughs> or somebody else. <laughs> well, Anthony, uh, where are you going to be at Friday? <laughs> uh, well, last second with Maryville filling their spot uh, and uh, you know, poor decap and what they've been through this year. 
the newspaper wanted me to go to a game that uh, was fairly winnable for one of our teams. So I'll be going to Northwest, not away, and uh, DCAP, uh, which uh, I'll be interested to see the Muskets play because when I talked to uh, Coach Standerford uh, this past weekend, ran into him at Walmart, uh, he was really impressed with what he saw from the Muskets who uh, kind of surprised Mount City and gave them a bit of a game for a lot longer than we thought they would. So uh, it'll be interesting to see them. Uh, I can't help but look forward to next Friday. I know we're both excited for that one. Absolutely. And one thing to note there, I did see that for Northwest Nottaway, their starting running back Gabe Goff is going to be in quarantine, so he's going to miss his homecoming, which really sucks, um, especially playing the cab team. I think he would rack up a bunch of yards against because he's a big boy there running back for Northwest Nottaway. Yeah, but next week is a game we both had circled for a long time there with uh, Mound City at South Holt, Nottaway Holt. Uh, been playing my hometown of Graham, so I'll be back. Going home next weekend should be a lot of fun to see how those teams kind of match up. Uh, we can't get ahead of ourselves, though. Spartans still have to beat Stewart's Velocity yeah. and Mount City. They still got a tough EA team come to town. So should be a lot of fun. I can't wait. Yeah. We're both well, going to week six. I always look forward to watching football with you. So Exactly. It's always fun. enjoyable. We had, have we watched the game together yet this year? It's Worth County game for South Carolina back in week one. That was about a month and a half ago. That was a long time ago. We've been – Going our separate ways and covering different yeah. teams since then. Um, I haven't been back to the Northwest Missouri part of the state to one of the Nottoway County teams in a while. So uh, it'd be good to get back there and watch the Spartans play against Mount City next week in one of the better rivalries in the state. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all we got for this week. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, make sure you guys follow Anthony on Twitter, Crane underscore Anthony. Of course, the Moet Man Football Facebook and Twitter accounts. Um, by the time you're listening to this, I have probably already posted the stats for the week uh, for the stat leaders, so make sure you guys enjoy those. Share them amongst yourselves and highlight the kids and all their performances on the field as we all try to stay healthy off the field. Thank you, Anthony.